Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 251 of our YouTube channel and podcast. And I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about a couple of things that can make you a better investor immediately. And there are a lot of things in our investing lives that take a lot of practice, a lot of things that we have to work on, a lot of things that we have to, you know, really deal with and wrestle with over time. But there are a few things that if you just made the decision today to do these things, then you would immediately become a better investor, a more successful investor, and your financial self later on uh, would thank you a whole lot for making these changes in your life if you haven't already done these things to become these types of investors. So uh, stick around for what those things are and how they can help you in your financial life. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites. Tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions, and you and I can begin working together, uh, creating financial goals for you and your family that are specific to your situation, helping you to reach those goals and then ultimately help you to push towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single person uh, who listens to the show on a day-to-day basis. So ultimately, those of us who invest, we always want to be getting better. Just like uh, with anything that we do in our lives, you want to be getting better. Every single time you do something, you want to get better and better and better at it. And investing is this continuous process, right? It's not something where you're doing it one day and you're not doing it the next, right? I was thinking about uh, something recently just because we're a couple months out and it's something that I'm interested in and really fired up about, and that is uh, bow hunting. And some of you might not like uh, hunting. That's neither here nor there, right? But uh, bow hunting requires a lot of practice, right? And you can practice, but you can't just practice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And with investing, you can't invest 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but you can be making decisions about investing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, And financial markets are open for you know, eight hours a day or seven hours a day or whatever it is, right? And so you have a whole lot of time uh, that you can be making investment decisions where you know with something like bow hunting, you're only making those types of decisions when you're actually out practicing or you're out in the field actually hunting, right? Uh, so there are things in our lives uh, that we have to practice at, things that we have to work on uh, time and time and time again. And there aren't a whole lot of things that if we just made uh, an immediate change, right? If we just did something in our minds that said, I'm going to do differently this time, right? Uh, there aren't many things that if we just did that, we can immediately become better. But investing is one of those things. Investing is something uh, where there are a few things that we can do and that we can just make uh, these conscious decisions that we're going to do something different and we're going uh, to think in a certain way. Uh, and the things that are mental in that kind of way, like investing is, uh, you can do these types of exercises with yourself and uh, something that's mental like investing, you can just say, hey, I am going to think about this differently. I'm going to adjust the way that I think about this or that, right? And that can make you a better investor. Now, what are these things? And I'm going to cover two things today, and I'm going to elaborate uh, pretty heavily on both, right? But there's really two things today that I think if you did them, 
right? If you did these two things today, like you could be a better investor immediately, right? You could be a better investor within the next five minutes even, right? But I'm going to drag this out to, you know, a longer form episode. And I want you to understand some of the nuances of uh, becoming better in these particular ways and how you can become a better investor in these ways. Okay. But let's start with the first one. Okay. The first thing that you can do to immediately become a better investor is lower your expectations. Okay. You may say, well, that doesn't sound like fun. It doesn't sound like fun to lower my expectations. Lowering expectations typically means that I'm going to be let down based on what uh, I currently think should occur, right? Or I'm having to, you know, give in to the fact that something isn't going to turn out the way that I want it to. And that's not my suggestion at all. My suggestion uh, of lowering your expectations has to do with the fact uh, that we get expectations when it comes to investing uh, that are just too much. Right? Our expectations are far too high uh, relative to what they should be. And uh, big bull markets do not help that. And markets that seem kind of bubbly or you know, have a lot of speculation going on, they do not help this feeling uh, that we should be making big, big, big returns. Right? Cryptocurrency and you know, its big blow up over the last uh, year, year and a half does not help uh, us wanting big returns right? Uh, increases in a bunch of big tech growth stocks. Those do not help the fact that we want really big returns and we aren't willing uh, to lower our expectations. We aren't willing uh, to be reasonable with the way that we think about our investing. And when I say lower my expectations, I'm not just talking about returns, right? I may be talking about the speed with which things are actually going to occur, right? We want things to occur quickly. We want things to occur fast. We want our investment thesis to be confirmed as quickly as possible. And that's just not realistic, right? That is something that we expect, but uh, is not truly reality. So let's talk about some expectations versus reality type things, right? That in our investing lives, we may expect something, uh, but the reality is very, very different. Okay. So first of all, uh, first expectation is that investing will make you rich overnight. Okay, and this really speaks to uh, the time thing. It, it speaks to uh, taking time to build wealth and not just you know making all your money really quickly and then being done. It doesn't work that way, right? The reality is, is that investing can make you incredibly wealthy, but it probably won't happen overnight unless you're buying a lottery ticket uh, or you know something increases by thousands of percent uh, on a dime, which just doesn't happen. Then you're not going to get rich overnight. Compound interest takes time to build up. And we've talked about this many, many times that when you are growing your money, right, as compound interest is working, you are making more and more given the same percentage, right? Let's say you're making 10%, right? And you start with $10,000. Well, 10% on $10,000 is $100, right? But if you grow that up to $100,000, 10% on $100,000 is $10,000. So you grow at an increasing rate when it comes to the dollar value uh, that you have invested, right? So compound interest takes time to build up. In the compound interest formula, as far as the future value of some investment goes, anytime you add time period, right, uh, then what will happen is the future value of your money will increase, okay? So stocks rarely skyrocket in value over the short term, 
right, or any other thing that you may invest in rarely skyrockets in the short term enough to make you wealthy. So you have to be patient uh, and allow compound interest to work for you. While stories of people who invested in a gold mine of a company and became millionaires in a matter of months are alluring, they only make for great stories because they are so rare. Instead of trying to earn a great fortune through investing in a matter of weeks, months, or even a couple of years, it's essential to adopt a long-term forward-thinking approach. And that's what I try to preach to you guys every single day here on this show is that we have to be thinking long-term. We have to be long-term investors. And when I say long-term, I mean long-term. I mean five-plus years. And ideally, I mean 30, 40, 50 years, okay? Now, for some of you, you may think that that's not realistic. You may be 50 years old and you're like, I don't have 30, 40, 50 years. Well, your time horizon should be the end of your life, right? Uh, We need to keep investing in a way uh, that will be effective to us and long-term investing is the way to go. So be patient. Effective investing may not make you a millionaire overnight, but it can make you a millionaire by retirement or by some particular goal that you've set for yourself. Maybe it's an early retirement or something else, okay? So the expectation that investing will make you rich overnight just is not the case. Now, second expectation is that when you purchase a stock on sale, it'll only go up. Okay, so we talked about picking individual stocks and how you want to buy individual stocks at a discount to uh, the you know value that you find for it, the intrinsic value that you calculate for a particular stock, right? And so what you may expect is, oh, I bought this stock at a discount. It should just go up from here to the price that it should actually be at. And this is not the case. This does not happen with every company. This does not happen uh, in every single case, right? There may be more bad news that comes out about a company that kind of knocks its stock down some more, right? The market as a whole may be having uh, some negative times, right? Maybe having uh, some negative reactions to something that's going on uh, that is more systemic and that is not uh, just specific to a particular company, but it's driving that particular stock further and further down, right? So just because a stock is on sale doesn't mean it's only going to go up. But we've talked before about what we should do in these particular situations. If a stock continues to go down and you have a strong investment thesis about it and you believe uh, in that company and you uh, have some empirical evidence as to why that stock should be worth something, some value, uh, then you should continue to buy a stock as it continues to drop. You'll get it at a deeper and deeper discount. The reality is that short-term fluctuations in price are both common and unpredictable, right? Uh, We don't know what stocks are going to do in the short term. We don't know uh, what a stock is going to do tomorrow. All we can know, all we can be sure of, right, is that if we do our homework, if we understand companies, if we understand uh, valuations, we understand how companies grow, we understand their earnings, their revenues, uh, then we should be able to get some understanding of what type of returns we should expect from a particular company or a group of companies over time. So the expectation that when you purchase a stock on sale that it will immediately go up, that is just not the case, okay? Then, next expectation. is that the market is guaranteed to go up, right? So let's just buy. Let's just buy and buy and buy and buy, and the market is always going to go up. Now, you may have heard me say similar things to this over time, okay? So I I don't want you to Uh, You know, be like, well, you said the market always goes up and it's a reason that we should buy and all these types of things. I still believe in that, right? I still believe that especially if you are buying index funds, doesn't matter what the price is, the market's going to go up over the long term, you should buy, right? But you should not just invest in something because it's going to go up in value. That's my point. My point is that we expect something to go up. Well, why is it supposed to go up? And especially if you're investing in individual companies, you're trying to invest in individual stocks, uh, then 
if your expectation is those stocks are only going to go up because the market's only going to go up, right? Then you could be completely off. You could be completely off point. You have to understand uh, that individual stocks aren't just going to move just like the market. And you have to understand, again, we have to um, you know, really temper our expectations, lower our expectations, and understand that just because the market has done something in the past or a particular group of stocks has done something in the past, that does not mean that they are going to in the future. Again, we have to do our homework. We have to understand what we are investing in. Another expectation is that you can invest like you can gamble right? Uh, you can go out and, you know, you can, you just take all this risk and, uh, you know, it'll all work out in the end. And that's just not true. Okay. If you treat investing like gambling, then what'll end up happening is you'll get returns as if you were gambling, you will lose a lot of money in the same way that when you gamble, you lose a lot of money. You may say, well, I make a lot of money when I gamble. Those are what we call liars, right? Liars uh, will say that they make a lot of money when they gamble, but on a predictable basis, they do not, right? There are plenty of ways that we can go about lowering our risk when investing. It doesn't have to be like gambling, okay? So the expectation that we're going to go uh, into a casino every time that we're investing is not true, right? So this would be uh, an expectation for somebody who is scared uh, of investing, right? They, they think that investing is like gambling and that they're going to have to, you know, step up to the roulette wheel every time that they're going to invest in something. And that's just not true. Okay. You need to learn what investing is. You need to learn more. You need to go back through some of my episodes, right? And learn more about investing, learn more about, uh, you know, the, the principles of investing that I've taught you guys, right? And the more knowledge you have, the more likely you'll be able to know what you own uh, and grow your money over the long term. And it won't feel like gambling, even though you may feel uh, that it's gambling right now. Okay. So that's another expectation uh, that we have to temper, that we have to, uh, you know, lower that particular expectation and not let that expectation overtake our financial lives. Okay. Then what about the expectation that the stock market is going to generate eight to 10% returns a year or even greater, right? Uh, Dave Ramsey has, and I've talked about Dave Ramsey at length before, right? But Dave Ramsey has always used the example of the 12% rate of return, right? Well, even that, right? What, what is this expectation that the market's going to generate eight, 10, 12% in the future? The reality is, and you know, you hear this all the time in the investment world is that past returns are no guarantee of future performance, right? Stock market returns very greatly depending on a variety of factors, a variety of things. Now, there are many things that do contribute to down markets, and most of them can't be anticipated by the average investor. Uh, the best way to combat steep market losses is to craft a plan that is unique to your circumstances and have the fortitude to stick with it, right? We have to stick with it uh, in our investing uh, and over the long term, we'll be better off and we'll be more likely uh, to get the long-term rates of return that the stock market offers. Even I use the um, you know expected returns of 8, 10, 12% uh, here on this show, but uh, it's just based on history, based on what has happened historically. That does not mean that it has to happen in the future, and it doesn't mean that when you invest in an index, uh, even if it makes 10% annually over a long period of time, that doesn't mean that every year it's going to make 10%. Actually, far to the contrary. Most years, uh, the S&P 500 is you know making 20%, uh, or is losing 14%, or uh, is making you know. 
13% or 16% or maybe it makes 1% and then whatever, right? It's never truly just hovering around that 10% number, right? It's just an average over a long period of time. And the only way that you can be sure to get those long-term rates of return is if you are actually invested for the long term. Okay, so we have to lower our expectations. We can't be expecting uh, the market to just provide us with the perfect set of set of we can't just be expecting the market to provide us with a perfect set of circumstances. We can't expect that investing is going to be super easy. We can't expect that the returns uh, that we hear about are going to be the exact returns that we receive. Uh, we can't expect uh, that you know the stock market is going to be overly risky uh, when it's not quite as risky uh, if you know what you're doing and you understand what's going on, right? So we have to lower our expectations. And if you can lower your expectations, you can immediately become a better investor because then you actually understand what's going on. You'll be more likely uh, to know what you own. Uh, you'll be more likely to do your own research. You'll have the knowledge. You'll have uh, the mental fortitude to make the right decisions. And then you'll make the right decisions and things will turn out better in your long-term investing life, right? So lowering your expectations is just the first thing. Okay, now the second thing, and obviously I'm only talking about two things today, uh, but the second thing that you can do to become a better investor almost immediately is to increase your time horizon. And you might say, well, Dylan, how do I increase my time horizon? I'm only going to live so long. I'm only going to work for so long. I don't want to wait longer to retire. I want to retire in a shorter period of time, or I want to, you know, do this faster, right? That's one of the biggest problems in investing is that we want to do things so fast. We want to move so fast. We expect things to happen so fast. Like I said earlier, right? That's an expectation that we have is that things are going to happen just so quickly in our investing lives that we're not going to have to work for it, right? That we're not going to have to allow things to grow slowly over time or just Grow over time, right? Growth of your money takes time. And you have to understand uh, that in order to have any type of significant growth, you have to have a time horizon that is uh, significant enough to get to that type of growth. I've told you before about, uh, you know, if you're 25 years old and you invest until you're 65, $158 a month, and you made 10% annually, that gets you to a million dollars, right? And you may say, okay, well, I can do $158 a month. Well, don't be looking up when you're 45 and expecting a million dollars in your account. I said, until you are 65, you have to invest that amount of money. Why? Because compound interest takes more time. And so having that longer time horizon is necessary. Now, uh, why would I say let's increase our time horizon? Obviously, this is a mental thing. This is something that we have to do mentally. And specifically, we need to do this when we are investing in individual stocks. Okay, when you are investing in individual stocks, you have to increase your time horizon mentally because most people buy an individual stock and let's say that stock has uh, you know a big run up in the first few months that you own it, right? If you're lucky, that may happen. Okay, you may have a big run up in that stock. You make 30, 40, 50% and okay, I'm just gonna get out. Well, what was the reason that you bought that stock in the first place? Did you buy a lottery ticket and you were just waiting to make your money so you could you know, bounce, so you could be gone, you could not be a part of this anymore? Or did you invest in something because you understood the business? Did you invest in something because you understood where their revenues and cash flows came from and you expected them to grow into the future? And if that is the case, then we shouldn't have just discarded something because of its returns. Yes, you can take a little off the table on an investment because of the returns. You can add some because of their returns, but we should never invest or divest just based on 
previous returns. It's not going to work out well for you. Okay, you have to have a longer time horizon. Where do you expect this stock to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, right? Not just where do you expect this stock to be at the end of this year or by you know next month or whatever. Because let me tell you, you don't know. That is gambling. That is not knowing what you're investing in. That is guessing and speculating, and we don't want that. Now, another reason that we say uh, we should increase our time horizon uh, is a very interesting exercise that I actually went and did for you. Right, So I think uh, you'd be really interested in this. So let's just say that you had $50,000 to invest. And I'm not saying that you have to have $50,000 to invest. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, uh, for, for the sake of this example, let's say you had $50,000 to invest. And you made 10% a year on that $50,000. You didn't add anything to it. You just invested $50,000, let it grow. Okay. By the 32nd year, okay, you would break a million dollars. Okay. So by the 32nd year, you would have grown your money by $1,000,000. Okay. So you will have grown your money by just over a million dollars and you would have broken that million dollar threshold into that 32nd year. Okay. So that's how long it would take you to get to your first million dollars. All right. Now, why, why does this matter when it comes to time horizon? Well, I wonder how long it takes you to get to your second million, right? Your first million, uh, it took you 32 years. How long is your second million going to take? Well, your second million literally takes eight years. Your second million takes eight years to occur. You just have to keep that million fifty five thousand six hundred eighty eight dollars and eighty four cents invested. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years after that 32nd year and you will have over $2 million, right? You will have grown by another little over a million in that seven year period. Now, how crazy is that? And why is that? It's because of the way that compound interest works. Again, as you grow your money, you will make more and more over time, right? You will make more and more in dollar amount, even though the percentage may stay the same, all right? So given this 10% rate of return, it takes you, uh, you know, 32 years to get from 50,000 to a million, right? But it only takes you a short seven years to get from the 1 million to the $2 million mark. And so this makes sense why I would say increase your time horizon because you don't have to increase your time horizon by a ton to make a huge difference. Just think, uh, you know, if you had this 32 year time horizon, you knew that's when you were going to become a millionaire, but you realized, okay, maybe I don't need a million. Maybe I need 1.5 million to retire. Well, if you just increased your time horizon by four years from a million to 1.5 million, that's where you could get to where you want to be, right? You could get to where you wanted to be in just four more years. Okay. So just increasing your time horizon by a little bit over a long period of time will allow you to uh, really amass a whole lot more in your investing life. Okay. So that's why I tell you to increase your time horizon. And the reason that this makes you a better investor is because if I can think about things in a longer term way, then I'm not going to make as many short term blunders. Right? I'm not going to worry about what a stock or what a index or whatever does in the next year or in the next three or in the next five. Right? I'm going to worry about what it does in 10, 20, 40 years. Right? Uh, this is why I think it's such a problem. And it's a problem that money managers have. And it makes sense why they have these types of issues. Right? But it's such a big problem that money managers are so quick to pull the trigger on changing investment strategies or changing portfolios that they want people invested in uh, or changing uh, allocations or whatever just based on short-term market fluctuations. It does people no good or absolutely very little good or it might actually harm them. Right? It might actually harm their ability to build wealth over the long term. 
Okay, but it makes sense why they're doing this. Why are they doing it? Because they are trying to retain money, right? They're trying to keep money uh, from their investors because they know that most investors don't have the thought process of let's invest for the long term. They don't have the thought process of even if we have three straight down years, uh, we can still have a bunch of good years moving forward. It doesn't mean that the investment strategy is broken. It just means that for a short period of time, it didn't work out right? We have to understand that as investors and you can't fault money managers for just following uh, the actions of individual investors, right? Because individual investors are typically irrational in their actions. That's why I'm trying to tell you guys these things because it helps you to act more rationally. It helps you to act in a way that is going to be more conducive to you winning with money over the long term and not just, you know, jumping out after a little bit of underperformance over a short period of time. Now, uh, this also kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, I've talked about before, active managers underperform and they have underperformed for some period of time. And the reason that they do this is typically because uh, they feel the pressure. They feel the pressure of having to keep up, you know, returns for a lot of individuals and a lot of high net worth individuals. And in doing so, they shorten their time horizon. They're no longer thinking, you know, let's invest in things that are going to have a lot of long-term value. They're now thinking, uh, let's try to make you know, as close to market returns as possible every single year, right? They shift uh, their mental status uh, as far as portfolio managers, and it only does harm to themselves and the investors over time, okay? So increasing our time horizon can do so much for us. Uh, If nothing else, it adds money to your portfolio, which I think is just fantastic, right? It's fantastic that uh, you can add money to your portfolio simply by being patient, simply by waiting a little longer, right? And it's also amazing because uh, you can do a lot of work, especially on the back end of your accumulation uh, of money over time, of wealth over time. Uh, Really on the back end, you can gain a lot, a lot of money uh, in a really short period of time. Like I said, seven years from $1 million to $2 million. I mean, you got to think that means you're amassing over $100,000 annually just by letting your money grow. And think about how much more uh, if you're adding two accounts over time, like I think you should be, right? You should be systematically investing. And if you're doing that, you should be growing your money all the more over a longer period of time. Because let me just ask you this. Do you think Warren Buffett is a bad investor? Absolutely not, right? His long-term record speaks for itself. Now, If you look at Warren Buffett's uh, record versus the S&P 500 over the last 10, 15 years, right, really since the financial crisis, uh, you see some stark underperformance, right? There is some real underperformance uh, from what Berkshire Hathaway has done uh, and what the S&P 500 has done in the last 15 years. Nonetheless, right, we don't say that, you know, Warren Buffett's a bad investor. We don't say uh, that Charlie Munger doesn't know what he's, some people say they don't know what they're talking about, uh, but obviously their record speaks for themselves. Now, is it working right now in the same way that it always has? No, right? But a lot of people's investment strategies aren't working in the way that they always have, right? We are in different markets than we've ever been in, okay? But what can you be sure of with them? You can be sure of long-term rates of return actually occurring. You can be sure of uh, some predictability in your investment returns. And that can't be said for a lot of portfolio managers that just follow uh, the trends. Look, I don't have anything against Kathy Wood. I don't have anything against ARK Invest, nothing at all, right? Uh, They made some crazy, crazy returns in 2020 uh, and have done quite well for their investors. Now, uh, a lot of those stocks that they own have pulled back quite a bit, right? But 
they followed the short-term trends. Now they believe that these short-term trends are going to continue into uh, the long-term. And maybe that is true. And if they're long-term investors, then by all means, do what they got to do if they've done the correct research. I, I'm all on board with that. I'm all on board with innovation and investing in high growth things. I understand. Okay. But those short-term things really cause a lot of investors to go, oh, well, let me jump into this fund. And so many investors have bought those funds over the last year, year and a half because they went up so much. Okay. But that is a short-term mindset. We have to increase our time horizon. We have to think more long-term. And in doing so, you will benefit in your investing life. Because uh, what would happen if you jumped into uh, the ARK Innovation ETF in January of this year and you held it until today? You wouldn't have made money in the way that you wanted to. You would have underperformed the market over that time period, right? And so all I'm trying to say is we have to have long-term points of view. And in just switching your mind into saying that I am going to increase my time horizon, I'm going to think longer term, I'm going to invest in things longer, right? It will allow you to make choices that are going to be more conducive to you building long-term wealth. Because if you're making short-term choices in order to build long-term wealth, then there's something that's not going to work out there, right? And likely it's going to be the fact that your short-term choices aren't going to create the long-term wealth for you, right? Not the fact that you're going to make a, a lot of wealth in a short period of time. That's far less likely. What's more likely is that your short-term uh, decision-making is going to cost you money over a long period of time. Look, I'm just trying to help you to become a better investor. I'm trying to help you uh, to become more thoughtful in your investment process. I'm trying to help you uh, to invest money in a way that will allow you to make the most on your money over a long term, right? That will allow you to become wealthy, that will allow you to give, save, and spend in outrageous amounts, right? And that you will be uh, a better steward of your money than other people. That's what I want for you. And I want you to attain financial freedom and whatever that means for your life. And that means that we need to be good investors. We can't build wealth and we can't do things financially without being good investors. And so I'm trying to help us be good investors as much as I can. So what do we learn from today? Okay. We need to lower our expectations, right? Meaning, uh, that we don't need to have these lofty expectations as to what investing is and what investing is going to return us or else we're just going to be let down and we're far more likely to just get out of the game or do things that aren't going to work for us over a long period of time, right? And we need to increase our time horizon. And that doesn't mean live longer. That doesn't mean wait longer to retire. That doesn't mean, you know, wait longer to pay for your kid's college. That means uh, that you need to change the way in which you're thinking about returns. Don't think about returns uh, in a year. Don't think about returns in a month or in three years. Think about returns 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now uh, and whenever you ultimately need the money uh, and you will be far better off and it will allow your money to grow in a very outstanding way and it will allow you uh, to really look like a, a great investor uh, without having to do way more uh, than your counterparts. Okay, Be patient, uh, be thoughtful, and think rationally when it comes to your investments and you will be best suited by some of the advice that I've given here today. So thanks for watching this episode. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested 
interested in financial coaching. And you and I can begin working together, building financial goals that are specific to you and your family's needs and helping you to meet those goals and push towards long-term financial freedom over time. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.